0: You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.
1: It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas.
2: You know, he's a, a, one of those top receivers in the, in the NFL, and he's been that. And he's a great athlete, great competitor. You know, he's a great technician. Really good ability to, you know, make guys miss off the line to, to get open down the field. And he's got really good start and stop for his size. Great hand strength, you know, ability to stay open. He's a guy that you have to work on during the week and deal with during the game.
1: This is Unnecessary Roughness. Live from Buffalo Wild Wings, here's your boy Q. Q.
0: And just like that, we're kicking off hour number two of the show. <laughs> Man, time flies when you have fun, right? And that's what we do around here. We have a lot of fun. We're at 150 East Centennial Buffalo Wild Wings each and every Friday. We're at a different location around town, and so we definitely appreciate being here at this location today, already had some folks come in, say what's up, pick up a few prizes, and we have more of them. I really do dig this uh, this bottle opener, man, this Raider Nation Radio 920 custom bottle opener. It's a football. It fits in the small of your hand. It's perfect. Got a shout-out to Natalie, man. Natalie made this thing go, and this is awesome. So anyone who comes by and gets hooked up with that, that's a great prize. We have Raider Nation Radio 920 t-shirts, cups, koozies. We have everything. Tickets. Tickets, you want tickets to go see UNLV possibly pick up their sixth victory of the season and become bowl eligible at Allegiant Stadium? I got a pair of tickets to that as well. So we got the hookup for you. My man, Peg Leg Raider, uh, he hit me up. He's going to be at Soldier Field. As he hit me up the other day and let me know, he had to go to one game, and he said, I'm going to take the wife there. I'm a soldier. I, it's only right that I go to Soldier Field. So uh, he said on the text line, he said, Q, I think this is the game Peters baits the rookie quarterback and gets his first pick six of the year. I also think Tyree gets his first sack. So he's talking about guys that are going to have big play, big game. He's talking about Marcus Peters and tyree wilson i like that keep those texts coming 69187 keyword R &R. and of course when we don't have a guest you can give us a call 702-365-9200 now joining us on the phone lines is the voice of the silver and black that's jason horowitz does a fantastic job and jason thanks so much for your time this afternoon i appreciate you man this is going to be a fun one i do anticipate the raiders are headed to chicago soldier field and i want to start off just asking you about broadcast man i mean is this how exciting is this one? I mean, you're going to be doing the broadcast at Soldier Field. Is Does this have a little bit more juice than others?
1: I think so, although, you know, like, there's some places that, you know, for me, it's all my first goal around this, right? So, like, it's my second year, so I've been to SoFi now three times. To- actually, four if you count the preseason this year, too. Um, kind of know the lay of the land. When we go to Miami, you know, I know where the booth is and all that stuff. Like, but, but there are stadiums that I've been to that I haven't been in the press box before. I've never been to Soldier Field, Nice, um, which is very exciting. I, I, uh, you know, I grew up in the Midwest. My, my brother will be there. He lives in Chicago with his family, so I'm excited about all that uh, and, and, and all that. But like the only Bears game I've ever been to was the year that the Bears, or maybe they were playing this for two years, the Bears were playing their home games at, uh, I think it's Memorial Stadium in Champaign, where they're mm. fighting Illini play. Yeah. You know, JT's uh, family and all that stuff. Like, where Illinois, is, uh, our buddy Eddie McGee, Illinois, like,
3: right. it was
1: the win game. It was the year that the Lions won the coin toss in overtime and elected to take the win
3: mm-hmm.
1: and not the ball. And, uh, and they lost. Right. Like, that's it. right. That's the only fair <laughs> game I've ever been to. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm excited.
0: No, that's cool. That that really is cool. And I mean you've you've done a lot of different games, uh, you know, college and the NFL obviously. Is there a venue to you that's like your favorite one or one that you got more amped up for?
1: Uh I mean for me growing up in Michigan, I called the game as an as an adult, uh, in Michigan Stadium. Nice. And it was, you know, just more of a personal anecdote. Like it was it was the year my mom passed away and I stayed you know, we, I flew in, I stayed in my, my dad's house. Mm-hmm. And then drove the same trip that I used to take as a kid, going to Michigan games, but this time it was to do something that I knew she'd be really proud of. So, um, you know, that one always holds a special spot for me, uh, just because of what it meant and looking for top ten and all that stuff. So, so that one was pretty awesome. I, I, um, I have absolutely loved calling games all in the NFL stadiums too. You know, like I think sometimes our viewpoint is more about like where is our viewpoint in the booth and like how does it look how high up are we? Are we at the 50? Are we at the 10? Are we in the corner? Like all that stuff matters. Um, but, but just from a how I felt going into a game, um, that one pretty felt pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I can imagine that one obviously has the, the meaning behind it. And then you're, you know, calling a game from the big house as well. So that's, that's pretty stinking awesome. So if that's a highlight, I got to ask you and I'll tell you why in a minute, but what was like a low light or one of those moments where you're like, I can't believe I'm doing this.
1: Well, it's not so much I can't believe I'm doing it. It was more of just like, oh, this isn't, like, the greatest. Like, <laughs> um, uh, i called some I, – and, I, by the way, I love the Mac. I love the Mid okay. American Conference. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of on a friendly basis with their, with their commissioner, uh, and I appreciate everything that they have ever put together to try to get their school's attention. Like, that's, whole, that's what hashtag Macs is all about, mm-hmm. right? Tuesday, went to football. Um, you know, they know in November people aren't paying attention to their games on Saturdays so they play on Tuesdays and Wednesdays so people talk about their school. I think that's great. They also sometimes have hundred and fifty people there and <laughs> you know and that's not great and uh, and it was like pouring rain and it was 44 to out of nine whatever the score was at Easter like this wasn't my favorite <laughs> right uh, that w- that would certainly be part of the
0: that's awesome. I know, and look, I know that there's all kinds of stories behind that. And, again, we're talking with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I'll tell you, I, I know that there's stories because, you know, I mean, I, I'm a guy who spent a long time in Texas, so I was doing sideline reporting. And you know in Texas, high school football is everything, right? High school football is everything. So we did a broadcast one time, uh, a smaller school, you know, but it's still it's, it's high school football and it's Texas, so it's a big deal. My guy that was doing the play-by-play actually had to – set up shop above the press box there was no room in the press box so he had to climb the ladder put a table on top of the press box do the play-by-play by by there and then run a power cord down the back end of it so he could plug a generator in and that's how we got the sideline report to the reporting mic to work and it was one big cluster to say the least but
1: so (laughs) it makes you feel better that's not alone to high school football i have done a game at uh at nebraska uh, at Lincoln Memorial Stadium, which is a great spot to do a game from and to call a game and yeah. all of that stuff. But we were on top of the photo deck.
3: Wow. And
1: it was uh, end of October. It was windy. It was blustery. <laughs> and I think I think they thought that they, that was supposed to be for the opposing team camera guys. And so, like, there was, like, I don't know, like 15 minutes to air, and, like, someone came over and, like, pulled our stuff out. We're like, no, this is our spot. <laughs> like, really? Don't get somebody. We're on the air in 15 minutes. So it makes you feel better. That is major college football that has the same problem as small high school football in Texas.
0: That is hilarious. I love it. I'm in good company then. There you go. <laughs> I'm in good company. So uh, that that's the tales from the sideline, the tales from the, the press box, whatever the case may be, uh, the broadcast booth and all that. That is great stuff. Jason Horowitz. i tell you
1: something else. I, you know, so our guy Jesse Merrick, right, yeah. um, yep. in, in Las Vegas, yep. Jesse played football at Azusa Pacific, which is... Um, it's not a historically good Division II school, but he played football there. And, right. and uh, when I first started doing games at CBS Sports Network, I was doing the Division II game of the week. And it was Grand Valley State at Azusa Pacific. It was the season opener. Azusa Pacific, I think, was ranked for the first time ever. Grand Valley State had won national championships to the top 25 matchup, And to their credit, Azusa Pacific had 10,000 people there. Wow. The problem was they all sat on the same side as the press box and so the cameras are looking at the field from the press box, and so it looked like there was not a single person <laughs> in attendance when you were watching the game. Wow. So, you know, it's a big happen.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, they do. Again, that, that is the – By the
1: way, Azusa Pacific won in double overtime. Oh, Jackie did... Slater was the offensive line coach.
0: Wow. Wow, that's big time. What did, you, did and, j- Matt
1: Judon, <laughs> and Matt Judon was on Grand Valley State.
0: No way. No yeah. way. Wow. That's, man, full circle, right? That's a full yeah, right. circle <laughs> moment right there. That is awesome. We're talking right now with Jason Horowitz, the voice of the silver and black here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I do want to compliment you, man, on that safety call. First of all, you called it. You said, hey, let's just go ahead and, and end it with the safety. There was a safety. Uh, obviously, Max Crosby and Bilal Nichols, they meet at the quarterback, but you're, you're – your ver- way of using squished Mac Jones was fantastic. We've been talking about that all week here on Radio Nation Radio 920.
1: I, well, I appreciate. It. I talked to JT about this earlier this week. I, I uh, you know, my like like you and I've talked about before. Everything in my life revolves around my kids, right? And, and they really like Mario Brothers, and so I was visualizing what happens when you, you know, when, when Mario or Luigi. Uh, jumps and lands on top of, uh, you know, one of the, what is it, a boomba or a (laughs) a mushroom or whatever it is that you squish to the ground and then they disappear. Right. And, like, that's that's how it looks from the fourth floor of Allegiant Stadium. And so that's what I was thinking.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. Hey, whatever works, right? Whatever gets the job done. But I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if it's the morning tailgate, JT, uh, us here on Unnecessary Roughness, we've been talking about you using that word squish and how perfect it was because that's exactly what it was. Crosby and Bilal Nichols met at the quarterback and squished them in the end zone for that safety. And is it funny that two big plays two weeks in a row happened in that same end zone, the first one with Amit getting the interception and then obviously with the safety last week?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I didn't think about that part of it. But, yeah, I mean, that's all the same end zone. Think about it where Chandler – it's literally the same spot. Oh, yeah. I bet you – I bet you, and I didn't even go back and look at this, but I bet you when Chandler Jones crosses the goal line um, in that end zone last year to beat the Patriots, I bet you he crossed the same spot where, where uh, Matt Jones got sacked.
0: Yeah. No, I bet, um, I bet you're right.
1: Because, <laughs> like, when he intercepted the ball – and this on Mac Jones, it was really right in the middle of the field.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't remember if he's angling or not, so maybe I'm off a little bit. But like you know, that happened there too. Um, but in all fairness, uh, Q, if something's going to happen in end zone, we only have two end zones. So. <laughs>
0: I understand, but <laughs> it's a big plays happen. <laughs> <laughs> He said we only have two. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) This is a very winnable game against Chicago. They're not very good, and the Raiders are... are, And they have
1: their backup quarterback, too. Right. What's more unproven than the other guy?
0: Exactly, and so this is not a game where the Raiders' defense or the Raiders as a team should let him all of a sudden look good and all of a sudden make a name out of this guy who has no name right now. He's a rookie. You know, He's he's trying to get his feet wet in the NFL. It's going to be a difficult game for him, but this is a game to me where I feel like this Raiders' defense, who's playing really well, Jason, could keep. On yeah. ratcheting that up and and even create a couple turnovers because that's what they've been doing the last few weeks.
1: Well, and the other thing too, and and you know I don't always look at pro football focused stuff, and and, and I think some of it's subjective, mm-hmm. but but it's a good it's a, it is a good barometer about where guys are compared to other guys in the league, and, and the reality for some of the players who are ranking really high the last few weeks on this, you know they they didn't play as much the first few games, but like Amik Robertson and Tyler Hall have played really well, yeah, and 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 that's that's. You know, I don't know what the status is for Nate Hobbs. I, don't, I haven't seen today. I'm not sure if it came out yet or not. But, like, I, I uh, you know, that's really good that they're building some of that depth. You know, Meek had a, a blown coverage a couple of weeks ago, but we all saw the interception. He's been there. He had a sack last week. Like, yeah. there's a lot of really good stuff that he's doing as a playmaker, which I think we could all agree, you know, whether the Raiders were solid or not, they needed people to make plays mm-hmm. last year. and It never really happened. And it is starting to happen right now. Robert Spillane has been a big part of that. I mean Roberts has been a big part of that. Uh, and, and so you start building all that together and finding guys on the front to the opposite max. I mean that's you know, it's not a great defense, but it's a defense that's playing really well and mm-hmm. playing very good. And that might just be good enough.
0: Right. I think it should be. I really do. And I like the direction that the defense is going, led by Max Crosby. I feel like this defense is led by Max and Robert Spillane. They're kind of built the same. They're just all about ball, and they really want to be the best and help this team get where they need to go. I've been impressed with what I've seen from Spillane so far. What about you?
1: Oh, very much so. Very much so. I, I You know, I think there's a couple of spots where you'd like to see uh, you'd like to see some of the guys wrap up better. You know, mm-hmm. I know we've talked about that with Marcus Peters. That's not really his strength for his career. But, like, you know, that certainly was something there. Robert missed some tackles that you point out a little bit. And, you know, I think that stands out from some of the long plays that the Patriots had to open the third quarter last week. Um, but, but overall, I think if you're the Raiders, you're very happy with your Robert Blaine signing. You're very happy with the way that Divine Diablo is playing uh, as well. And and you gotta find ways, as they talked about, to get Amik Robertson on the field, and they and they're doing that. So um, I I I think all of those things are coming true. They you know there's still the, the lingering issue though of who on the front line um, is going to consistently be the opposite of Max. Right. You know, last week last week you had that. Adam Butler got through. He had a sack. Tyree Wilson made a nice play in the backfield on a running play. You know, you had some of that. Uh, that just has to show up every week, though.
0: It does. And, you know, I was pretty impressed, Jason, last week with the defensive tackles in general. And I think they're going to be mm-hmm. needed this week, especially because the Bears like to run the ball. How big of a factor do they need to be to try to slow down this Bears rushing attack?
1: Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> rookie quarterbacks, I think, you know, you, they struggle more with pressure up the middle than they do off the edge. You right. can see off the edge, you expect the pressure off the edge. So, John Jenkins had his first sack last week in four years. Mm hmm. 2019 was the last, and he's been in the league 11 years. 2019 was the last time he had a sack, and he had one last week. And, you know, obviously you started with the Bilal Nichols mixing with Max Crosby, and that comes from the pressure he got up the middle, too. So, um, look, the Bears' defense, like the Patriots, I'm sorry, the Bears' offensive line, like the Patriots' offensive line, is banked up. Um, they've got some guys that have been in and out of the lineup. They, they've they got some good players. Um, but, but, they're you know, their guys have kind of shifted around a little bit, and I think that's probably going to happen again this week, too. So well, I, I, I think that's an opportunity.
0: Yeah, no, I do too. I, th- I think there's a big opportunity to make some plays, and, and, and the defense can do that and, and hopefully allow the offense to get into a, a lather and, and, and have some success in the red zone, something we didn't see a week ago. Well, Jason, it's always great, man, catching up with you. I always tell you at Allegiant Stadium when I see you, no pressure, just go call a winner. That's all I'm saying, no pressure, just go call a winner. That's all I ask, okay? Yeah, well, good good to know I'm upping my record. I can't speak to everybody else. Now I'm 3-3 and on the year. There you go. Hey, man, you're doing a fantastic job. Everyone loves to meet and greet with you at Allegiant Stadium when they see you. So uh, thanks so much for uh, joining us like you always do. Have safe travels and enjoy the game on Sunday. Appreciate it. Talk to you soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of the silver and black, with us here on Unnecessary Roughness, Red Nation Radio nine twenty-one fifty 150 East Centennials, where we're at, Buffalo Wild Wings. And we're going to be here until 5 o'clock, so you have time to come on by and get hooked up with some of these uh, great prizes that we have for you, including tickets. Uh, so whatever you need, whatever you want, it's all yours. All you got to do is come by and say, what's up? No cartwheels, no backflips, none of that just come by say what's up and you'll get hooked up just like that my man Angel standing by my side he's got the hook up as well so if I'm doing something like I don't know talking you can uh, just get hooked up from him I do that sometimes I talk a lot <laughs> Shocking, right? Shocking. I did want to get a couple texts in real quick before we take a, a break. 69187, keyword R&R threw a couple of questions out there, and of course uh, you can also chime in on anything that you want to say. Uh, what do you expect, to, or who do you expect to have a big game for the Raiders on Sunday? And what will be the path to victory? What needs to happen for the Raiders to improve to 4-3 and three and get a win on Sunday versus the Bears? Uh, Barry hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. What up, Q? I think starting Hoyer is a mistake. I could be wrong, and if they win, so be it. But This is why they should have never signed him as the backup because he takes away from a younger quarterback developing and getting better with starts. Hoyer is mid. Jimmy G is mid. And the Raiders will probably pick next year mid first and no quarterback. This team will not get over the hump without a starting caliber franchise quarterback. That's Barry. Thank you for the text. I do appreciate you. And let me ask you this. And this is no, you know, this is just, again, just going back and forth. Um, Do you want a quarterback to develop right now or do you want a quarterback to win? You know what I mean? Like that's 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 how I'm looking at it. I'm looking at this game, and maybe you think that that O'Connell can win the game for him, and and maybe he can, right? I just think, again, just just my opinion. I think that this is a very winnable game coming up on Sunday. So I want a guy that's going to go in there and not be flustered at all, not you know hold the ball too long, know how to get rid of it. Is Brian Hoyer good? No, I mean he's 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 okay. He's a wildly veteran that knows what he's doing. That's it, right? He's he's like you said, he's mid. Jimmy's mid. That's fine. Aiden O'Connell hasn't even earned the right to be mid yet, because he hasn't had that much time. He's going to get burned. Like I don't, uh, Barry. Make no mistake about it. I think he's going to get a good four or five games at some point in the season, but there's still plenty of time to get that in. He doesn't have to get it right now while they're three and three and in the thick of things. That's that's again. That's the only reason I really have been saying that I think Brian Hoyer should be the guy. You know, because and Lincoln brought it up yesterday to us that it doesn't help him as a young man to be able to start one game and then and then get put on the bench, like happened week three against the Chargers. He started, started getting better towards the sec- the second half of the game and towards the end of the game, then all of a sudden he's on the bench, and now he's been on the bench for a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden start him up again and then stop him. Like I don't think the start and stop thing is it makes a lot of sense. I'm not a coach though, so maybe it's okay. Maybe it's something that would be okay. But the, I think that that's honestly the reason why they went with Hoyer is because it, – it, or at least they're going with Hoyer, at least from everything that we're hearing, is that – he, they feel like he can help them win, and they want to win this game and improve to 4-3. and three. Again, that's, that's just my opinion, but who knows how it all shakes out, right? You could be spot on, and we could be on Monday talking about, damn, should have started Aiden O'Connell, right, because Brian Hoyer did this, that, and the other. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, but I definitely understand your opinion, and you're not alone. Please believe that. There's tons of folks in Raider Nation that want to see Aiden O'Connell as, a, as opposed to Brian Hoyer. Uh, let's see, you got a couple more uh, Big Dub Raider, yeah Q, please don't list those quarterbacks From Gannon to Carr, don't ruin my Friday LOL, go Raiders Yeah, that's that's a list that every once in a while I go over And I, I just have to do it for myself And think, yeah, yeah, that's not good <laughs> That's not good So there's that, thanks for that text I appreciate you, uh, let's see Got a text from 806 uh, Yo Q so for me, because of my life as a Raider fan, even if we are five and one, I'm still worried about the Bears. Just seems like every time we try to manifest a little hope, an easy game turns into a disappointing loss. I love the optimism; just wish I had it. That's uh, from the 806, and that's uh, very fair, right? That's very fair. And we've talked about that before. That you know the Raiders have done a really good job of making games more difficult on themselves than they need to be. Also, they've done a really good job of making quarterbacks or, or players that probably shouldn't have big games have big games, right? I mean, that, and, and unfortunately, that's just kind of what the nature of the beast has been. And, and you know, who, who, who knows what they're going to do this week? But, I mean, I'm just looking at this guy as, you know, an undrafted free agent. He's the starting quarterback for the Bears. Their offensive line is in a, is in a flux, All right, to say, to say it nicely. It's a mess. They have running backs. They can run the ball. And they have a wide receiver, in D.J. Moore, that's fantastic, right? I mean, so if this quarterback gets a little bit of confidence, you know, to your point, if he gets a little bit of confidence early, or maybe the Bears come up with a couple turnovers early and get this young man a, a short field, and then all of a sudden he's got all the confidence in the world. You know how it is. I mean, playing sports, and I think we've all done it at some point, right? All of a sudden some things start going good for you, start going in the right direction for you. All of a sudden you start feeling like there ain't nothing you can't do. You know, there was times on the hoop court where I had—I'm making baskets. I didn't have no business making, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I didn't have no business making those shots. But I was like, man, I was in a zone. And once you get into a certain zone, there ain't nothing you can't do. You're like, man, this is cool. I had to do this more often. Go back out there the next day, try to do it. And man, can't even hit the side of the side of the damn rim. I mean, we've all been there. We've all been there. We've all been in a certain zone sometimes. And, and you know, confidence is a mother, right? I mean, you have that confidence. It's something. It's something about it. So. Uh, that very well easily could happen. I hope that the Raiders don't put themselves in that position, and I'm thinking the other logic behind this as far as I'm concerned, I'm trying to be the smart guy in the room, but uh, the logic behind it is with the way that the defense is playing, they're not going to allow him to get into that rhythm. They're going to keep playing with the confidence that they're playing, and they're playing with very high level of confidence right now, and that is something that I could appreciate, and that's what I think is going to be really the the deciding factor when it comes down to this game is that the defense is able to really play well and make things difficult for uh, for this young man, Tyson Bajant, as he gets his first career start. Jim from Yonkers says, I predict a pick six for the D. Wait, I predict a pick six for the D. All right, holds the Bears in the teens. So, okay, he didn't give a specific person, but a pick six. Okay, uh, the, the D holds the Bears in the teens. I see Michael Mayer having his best game as a pro. 26-16 Raiders. Our offense needs to score one more touchdown per game. Question for you, Q. Is there a right tackle we can get before the deadline? Thanks for a great show. It's Jim and Yonkers. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the, the right tackle. I mean, there's not too many offensive linemen that are out there available right now. I do think, and I I, I can appreciate what Dave Ziegler and company have done as far as the front office trying to put this, this uh, roster together. I think that a right tackle is a must. Like a guy who you know can be that dude is a must. They have got to address that. They've got to find a guy who can stop the bleeding. Because I feel like that that's been a turnstile for how many years now? I mean, how, how, long, how long do we have to go back when the Raiders had a solid, solid right tackle where you just knew that, hey, that, that guy's going to hold it down? I mean, is, am I going all the way back to Lincoln? I mean, I know there's been other guys. Remember, uh, what, Khalif Barnes? Remember how many times the Raiders brought him back? He was all right, right? And then they've had so many guys. Of course, Trent Brown was supposed to solve the problem. He didn't, right? He did when he was out there. Just wasn't out there enough. That right tackle has been such a, an issue for a while, for a long while. I would love to see them just go out and next, next offseason, this upcoming offseason, however you want to phrase it, and just go out there and get the best right tackle possible. Right? I don't know where they get them from. Is they get a free agent? I don't know if they're going to get them in the draft. I don't know. Whatever the case may be, at some point, man, that position has got to be solidified and held down. You know, you feel pretty good about, uh, about Colton Miller and what he could bring to the table at the left tackle position, but there's so many questions when it comes to the right tackle. Maybe Thayer Mumford's going to end up being that guy. Who knows? But at some point they've got to be able to get that and get that solved. Let's get one quick uh, call in and we'll take a break. Greg, right here in Vegas, welcome to the show. Greg, what's on your mind?
4: Yeah, I was I was hoping uh, I'm to see get your thoughts if they get Josh Jacobs some passes out in the flat, let him run with the ball a little bit more than they have, and also Michael Mayer get him out there because he's he's kind of bullied on Saturday, on Sunday. He ran over yeah. a few people and had some extra yards. I really like that.
0: I did too. I did too. Greg, thanks for the call. Yeah, I did too, man. I, I like I like the way that Michael Mayer ran after the after the catch. Man, he he ran with bad intentions, and he even kind of laughed about it in the locker room afterwards. He was like, "Yeah, you know, got to get out there and try to run through some people." That was cool. I, I mean, he looked like the Notre Dame Michael Mayer that we saw uh, on Sunday, right? And so I hope he continues to evolve. I actually asked Coach McDaniels about him and Trey Tucker. You'll hear that just a little bit uh, earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. But, yeah, uh, Michael Mayer was, was, was nice. And Josh Jacobs has had success catching the ball this season, right? I mean, he's had success catching the ball all the way back at Alabama, even though he's been, you know, he hasn't give, been given really the respect as a pass catcher that he should. But, I mean, he really was helping out, especially early in the season. He was catching those passes, and, and you know when he gets the ball in his hands how hard he runs. So, yeah, I would have no problem with with Jacobs getting a bunch of catches and, and Mayer getting some catches. Trey Tucker I'd like to see involved. Obviously, Devontae, we want to see him involved. Jacoby Myers. I mean, just rattling off all those names, it's it almost makes me blow my mind. You know, it makes me want to hit my head against the wall. I just rattled off all those names, and yet this team only scored 21 points one time this season. And that was on the strength of their defense, getting a, getting a safety blows my mind 325 is the time when we come back we'll uh, get a couple more calls and then we'll uh, hear from head coach Josh McDaniels as we met with him a little bit earlier today we're at 150 East Centennial Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot with Radio Nation Radio 920 this podcast version of unnecessary roughness on lvsportsnetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs make sure you check out Porta Subs six-foot party trays they're perfect for game days You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas-area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at portasubs.com.
1: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q, live from
0: Buffalo Wild Wings. All the roughness is necessary, but this is unnecessary roughness. On Radio Nation Radio 920, I got my man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings. Each and every Friday, it's a different location. Today, 150 East Centennial is the spot. Come on by. We're here till 5 o'clock, and we've got plenty to hook up, hook you up with. And not to mention, they've got all kind of food and drink specials. It's Friday. Get into the weekend the right way. I've said it so many times. Work is overrated, so why stay there? Just get up out of there, especially if you're hungry. Right, if you got a little hunger, your belly's you know screaming at you. What better way to you know make it better than come out to Buffalo Wild Wings, get hooked up, and you know, and and, and satisfy your hunger at the same time. Like Future said, at the same damn time, right? Make that happen. <laughs> got a text from Jason in Maryland by way of uh, Ari sending me the email because <laughs> some reason that I I don't I, I Ari I'll never understand. Why the hell I get one text, or I, there's one text I don't get that comes to mind, and we have the same app. Like, I don't understand it's it. It's very strange. It is the craziest thing, but we've literally gone through and compared and contrast text after text after text, and every single one of them is the exact same. And then when it comes time to get the Jason's, it's never there. It's so bizarre. But he goes on to say, uh, I got Hoyer to be able to find the guys that Jimmy G can't. So I'm expecting Trey Tucker, Michael Mayer, and Devontae to be big contributors in this game on Sunday. And uh, Brian Hoyer, according to Diana Rossini from The Athletic, formerly of ESPN, has said that Brian Hoyer will get the start on Sunday versus the Bears if you're just now tuning in. And, uh, yeah, that's the thing. is, And we've talked about it for a while about just spreading the ball around getting the ball spread around, and, and there's too many playmakers, man. That's why I was saying I want to slam my head into the wall sometimes, too many playmakers not to have a really good offense. The offense just is not it's, – it's like it's, it's in quicksand right now. They've got to find a way to jump start it and get things going. We'll actually hear from Coach McDaniels in just a minute about uh, what what his uh, expectations are as he met with us earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. But uh, let's go out to the phone lines real quick. Let's go out to Portland talk to our guy Robert. Robert, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
3: Yeah, Q, um – one thing we gotta remember is they've only won one game in their last sixteen, and that was yep. against the Redskins. Yep. They lost their last ten, and they've won you know, they one. The a game. Yet yeah, that is, and most of that was with Fields. And the reason they run the ball so well is Fields runs for about 60, 70 yards a game, and that's why they have so many yards rushing. So I, I feel that they have to you know, Raiders have to force this kid to beat them And I think they should just play the run. And I know Moore is damn good. If we give up a couple of, you know, big ones, we keep them to 17 points, I think we can get to 19 or 20. That's the way I – because Hoyer, he doesn't need to do anything but let that other guy make the mistakes. And Hoyer just needs to play his game, and I think we can – pick this game off even though we don't have Jimmy and I did have them winning this game at the start of the year because I thought Jimmy wanted to win in front of his home folk in Chicago with with him not playing. You know, the way you gotta play this game is just let let them make the mistakes for a change.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you, Robert. Good call man, good call and yeah, I mean that that's the thing. This this team should be able to to make Chicago uncomfortable. They should be able to make Chicago make mistakes. They really should, right? In theory, they're the better team. I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. They are the better team, and I don't think I'm walking out on some limb, right? They're, the, they're definitely the better team. Now, the question is, are they going to execute at a higher level? Well, that remains to be seen. I can't give you the answer to that. But I, I know the answers to the test. They're better. <laughs> it's that simple. Now, will they go out there and act like they're better? Well, that's on them. That has nothing to do with us. But we do know. Just on Even on paper, just looking at the talent up and down the roster, they're clearly better. Hell, as many questions as the Raiders' offensive line has, it's better than their offensive line. Their offensive line is in all kind of situations, to say the least. So thank you so much for that call, Robert. Hopefully uh, the Raiders' defense goes out there and makes, makes them make a few mistakes and gives them a chance to have shorter fields, and maybe that's how uh, Brian Hoyer and company could get into the end zone and score uh, touchdowns as opposed to getting field goals. Now, Wanted you to hear a few sound bites from head coach Joshua Daniels. We met with him earlier this morning at the Intermountain Health Performance Center, probably around 10 15 this morning. We, we uh, met with him and uh, just got a couple sound bites that I wanted to pick out. And one of the first questions, obviously, is going to be about the quarterback position. And this is really just on what goes into picking the starting quarterback between Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell.
2: I mean, it just I think you, just, you, you measure it all out. And, you know, and uh, it, it, honestly, Vinny, it happens almost every week. It's just not not necessarily a quarterback, you know, but where there's somebody that can't play and Nate Hobbs can't go. And so, all right, Tyler's going to come up. Is it a Meek Tyler? How are we going to share that load? You know what I mean? So it's kind of, I'd say, par for the course as a football team. It's just the quarterback position gets a little bit more of attention uh, to it. But, um, you know, we're just both guys are having a good week. Um, you know, practicing. We'll see how today goes. And then we're just going to make the right decision. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, both of them are going to be ready to go. You know, I have confidence in both of them. The good thing is we've talked about is both of them have played already, you know, so um, that's a unique situation. I'd say so far in six games, we've had three quarterbacks out there that have all competed in close games. So um, I feel I'm confident in both of them.
0: So there you go. So there's Coach McDaniels talking about, you know, the decision that goes into uh, who's going to start at the quarterback position. And you heard what he said is that, you know, that's a decision that goes in each and every week, but not necessarily at the quarterback position. So the quarterbacks, even though they're competing against each other, they're still, you know, trying to coach each other up. And Brian Hoyer, I think, has done a really good job trying to be in the ear uh, of Aiden O'Connell and help assist him. So here's Coach McDaniels just talking about the quarterbacks, even though they're competing against each other, supporting each other at the same time. It's really, I think the room is
2: tremendous, Um, you know, in terms of their overall communication with one another, the relationships they've formed. Um, you got one guy with very little experience, you know, and he's siphoning all that he can from Jimmy, Hoy. Um, They talk through certain things in the meeting room in real time, you know, and I think the the reality is, is none of them has a big ego. You know, when Brian was going to back up Aiden, you know, that was, he was ready to go supporting them did all the right things like I knew he would, and, and he's done his whole career. Uh, Jimmy's been the same way when he hasn't played. So, um, you know, it's just, you know, that's the way a good room should should operate and function, you know. At the end of the day, one of them's going to play, and they should all want that guy to go out there and play well for the Raiders, and, and the goal is for us to win.
0: There you go. There's head coach Josh McDaniels just talking about the quarterbacks backing each other up, supporting each other, and, uh, you know, just trying to coach them up. And he said the big thing he said is that they don't have an ego. Neither one of us worried about it. Look, Brian Hoyer, he knows what time it is. He doesn't – there's no mistake at all. He knows what he is. He knows that he's a backup quarterback at best. He's not a guy that's going to go out and lead this franchise for, you know, five, six, seven weeks. He's not that guy. He's a guy that's going to be in – you know, he's really a coach on the field. So I mean, he knows what time it is, and, and at some point they will see if uh, Aiden O'Connell is a guy that could be the guy, or is he just a guy? As sooner rather than later, they will do that. But right now, I feel like that they've got too much going for him as far as the seasons going, sitting there at three and three, to say that right now is that time now earlier this week coach mcdaniels was talking about i asked him about the red zone and the fact that that to me there was a disconnect and he said there was no disconnect he said it was about playing clean football you know he had uh turnovers in the red zone had uh penalties in the red zone and so really it came down to execution not really even play calling he didn't he didn't take any of that responsibility and say it was on him he said it was on the players execution in the red zone so my question to him today was about has there been so far this week in practice really a focus on playing clean football? We've we've actually cut the penalties down
2: so to speak, but you know the the inopportune you know times when we're when we're getting them. I mean you know we had three last week and all of them ended up being in the red zone offensively, and it's you know those are hard ones to overcome because you're in first and twenty or second and twenty, and there's not a lot of space down there you know to to really you know separate the defense and try to. Uh, those are hard ones to convert. So, you know, just we've talked about it. Our player, I know our guys want to do it right. You know what I mean? That's there's no lack of that. Um, you know, and we're going to keep coaching it, um, keep, you know, working at it in practice. I think the guys, you know, have the right mindset. Um, again, I, I've thought of it this way my entire career. You know, when there's something you're not doing well, um, it provides an opportunity. You know, for improvement, you know, and and if you can win a handful of games while you're, you know, improving in certain areas of your team, and then all of a sudden you make that progress, eventually, you know, the middle of the season, you're a different team than you were at the beginning. And hopefully at the end, you're the best version of yourself. So um, cutting down on penalties, cutting down on turnovers, um, eliminating big plays, continuing to play good in the kicking game, try to improve ourselves in situational football we made some progress on third down last week. You know, need to do, need to do that in the red zone now um, and continue to try to play penalty free.
0: It's got to be the biggest key right there. Got to be the biggest key. Play clean football. No penalties in the red zone, right? I mean, man, when you're up there and, you know, they get down all the way to the four-yard line. Josh Jacobs runs to the four, and then there's a holding penalty on Parham. So that's ten yards back, right? They, they get there, and Jimmy throws a medicine ball to Devontae Adams and gets them blown up. Interception. Right, they go. What they get into the red zone, have a couple of run plays that go for nothing, then a throwaway ball, basically out of bounds that never had a chance, field goal. Just too too many. They've got to play clean. But really, just just the self-inflicted wounds. If the defense stops you, and they literally just stop you, then okay, you tip the cap and say well done. But if you're stopping yourself and you're giving them a 50% assist, then that's on you. So they've got to stop doing that. That that they're. they're their success or lack of success in the red zone is, is way too much. They've, got to, they've really got to improve that. And he mentioned uh, having success on third down. They had success on third down. Last week they had sustained drives, like really long sustained drives. 18 plays, three points. <laughs> Ten plays, three points. Fifteen plays, three points. Like That, that can't happen. You're going to have drives like that take eight, nine minutes off the clock, seven minutes off the clock, you've got to get a touchdown. It's too many times we've seen in the past where you see the Raiders get a field goal after having a very long drive. Then a team like Kansas City comes back in like three plays, touchdown. Happens all the time. All the time. Can't can't be that team. Got a couple more sound bites from head coach Josh McDaniels. We met with him earlier today at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And this is just about a few of the players. Uh, that are on the roster right now that have actually been playing some really good ball, including Tyler Hall. He's a guy who's going to have to be, um, you know, required to to play well again this week. Nate Hobbs is out officially. He was added to the 53-man roster earlier uh, this week. He had been a guy that was on the practice squad and they'd call him up, but now he's on the 53-man roster. And here's Coach McDaniels just talking about Tyler Hall and how he's earned his spot.
2: Yeah, he's, I mean, he did it last year too when he had his opportunities. He went in there and he's just been productive. You know, he knows what to do. Um, He's a very smart kid. He prepares really hard, very diligent when he's not on the active. He's prepared just like he's going to play. And then when we've elevated him a handful of times here in two years, he just, you know, he does his job. Um, He's dependable. He communicates well with the rest of the secondary and the defense. Um, You know, he's and he he makes plays. You know, he's productive. He tackles. He, you know, runs the ball. He covers. So, um, you know, and, and he contributes in a kicking game too so uh just you know all the things you'd want a player to do that's on the practice squad trying to get himself elevated to the game tyler does them and then when he's ready to go he's made the most of his opportunities
0: so there you go coach mcdaniel's talking about tyler hall and that's a guy that we featured if you remember you've been listening for a while that's a guy we featured throughout the course of the summer right a guy that pro football focus had as a as a guy that did really well when he was uh, put into action even though he had uh, limited amount of snaps that he played in in 2022 when he was out there for the raiders he did really well and so far uh going in and filling in for nate hobbs who's been out for now quite a while has done a good job as well i mentioned to jason horowitz that i feel like robert spillane has really kind of become the you know one of the the leaders of that defense along with max crosby obviously but uh here's coach mcdaniels talking about robert spillane and the way that he's benefited this team
2: just a really i mean this guy's a football player through and through uh true professional really tough um smart cares a lot about all the details in a game he's a connector um i think that's why he was voted as a captain so quickly i mean he just you know there's really not anybody that doesn't relate to spill in some way shape or form he can talk to anybody um you know communicates with the secondary well the front um, takes control of everything in practice um wants it done right um you know understands when there's a mistake made he's very smart um so just a lot of confidence with him you know having the green dot being able to really set the table for our defense um understand situational football it's just you know there's really not a lot of things you can say that are negative about spill i mean they're all positive so um just really happy we got him
0: robert spillane has been a, a dude i think he's been a really good dude on that uh, raiders defense and i didn't know what to expect when they signed him i really didn't i knew he was a thumper Knew he was a guy that could stop the run but did not know what to expect from him as far as, you know, dropping in coverage. And so far he's been pretty good. Almost had his third interception of the season last week against the Patriots. Really got his hands on the ball. Probably should have came up with it, but uh, he was close. So at least you know that he's looking for the ball. He's he's trying to seek the ball like he's uh, talked about before that, you know, the game is called football. The most important part of the game is the ball. So I can appreciate what Robert Spillane has brought to the table. The final soundbite from uh, Coach McDaniels is about Michael Mayer, the tight end, and, of course, Trey Tucker, also two rookies. Uh, Those guys are really uh, close with each other. Michael Mayer told us after the game last week that, you know, that was his roommate back in training camp when he first arrived with the Silver and Black. So if there's anybody that he's really close to on this uh, roster, it would be Trey Tucker. So here's Coach McDaniels talking about both guys, Michael Mayer and Trey Tucker just the more they're, you know, every week they understand it better.
2: Um, Repetitions in practice are important for them all. Um, You know, they keep working really hard to earn their opportunities, you know, and uh, those guys are both very diligent in terms of their preparation. Um, They've improved their technique. Uh, I think they understand how competitive every play is at the National Football League now. Um, So, Um, you know, they they just keep grinding away. And, you know, we we thought that they would both help us, you know, pretty quickly. Um, And that's starting to, I'd say, hold true. We're getting a lot of contributions from a lot of rookies now. So, um, you know, the more they learn, the better able to to contribute they are. And those two guys are good examples of that.
0: There he is, Coach McDaniels right there talking about both Trey Tucker and Michael Mayer. And uh, what they've been able to do, and the fact that they've you know started to contribute, and it looks like I mean we, we we've highlighted a lot about Michael Mayer and what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks, but I feel like Trey Tucker is you know getting in, more involved in the offense as well, and that'd be a that'd be a really good element to bring to the table because he's got that speed. So if you can continue to put that into the offense, you want to talk about something that could help get this thing jump started. Uh, yeah, that 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 speed is is something that you just you can't. You can't teach it. You either got it or you don't. Trey Tucker, he's got it. So I'd love to see it incorporated more into this Raiders offense. 3.47 is the time. We'll come back. We're live at Buffalo Wild Wings, 150 East Centennial. We'll get to your calls and texts. Bernard, I see you. Hold on tight. We'll get to you first. This is Rare Nation Radio 920.
1: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness, live at Buffalo Wild Wings with your boy Q.
0: 150 East Centennial is the spot, Buffalo Wild Wings. We do it each and every Friday. We're at a different location. This time, again, 150 East Centennial is where we're at. If you want to come on by, we've got a few T-shirts left. we got a couple of the Raider Nation Radio 920 bottle openers still here. We've got some cups, some koozies, and a couple more pairs of tickets if you want them. We got him. My man, Juan the Smasher, he's roll through. He's got Baby Smasher with him. He's got his daughter with him. So uh, it's a family affair. So come on out here and hang out with us at Buffalo Wild Wings. Get you something to eat. Uh, go in, head into the weekend the right way. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick. We got Nick Shook from uh, NFL.com coming up around 4 o'clock. Let's talk to our guy Bernard. Bernard, welcome to the show. What's on your mind?
4: Hey, what's up, Q? Great show as usual. I'll make it quick. Hey, it's simple to me, uh, Q. You know, a good team – don't lose this game on, on Sunday. And I yep. think the Raiders are improving, and we they do got identity right now, which is the defense. And playing against a rookie quarterback and an offense that's not very impressive b- besides uh, the, the wide receiver, um, the, the Raiders should, should win this game. But I look at a lot of the Raiders fans do, too, look at the game like after, you know, after it's over, later, you know, slow it down, play it back. And McDaniel said it a little while ago. They make so many mistakes, like in the red zone. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of take it for granted and think it's just, like, easy to, to make it up after the fact. But when you got the ball, on, you know, on the four-yard line and you get a holding penalty, it's hard to, you know, make up those yards. And, mm-hmm. and then the, the mis-drop passes, you know, those come back to bite you. And they're just making too many mistakes when they get in the red zone. And there's no, you know, no guarantee that you're going to get those opportunities again. And it's showing because they, they're, they're kicking field goals. Yeah, And uh, one more thing, Jacobs, I mean, uh, McDonald just talks a lot about players earning, you know, their right to get on the field, so on and so forth. I mean, to me, I think uh, Mumford has earned the right to, like, start. So I'm wondering, like, what's the hold up and let him start the game and stop bringing him in, like, in jumbo packages or whatever and let him, like, start as the right tackle. I mean, it just seems like he's earned the right to start, you know, and it just seems I don't know why Luminar keeps getting all these chances because he's just not playing very well. And, yeah. um, one more, yep. and one more thing with, with the turnovers. I think Moore is going to have a big game tomorrow. He, he's playing faster and faster and faster, and it's good to see his improvement, and, and, and especially with the, with the club or the, the cast or the soft cast now on his hand. Um, he's showing a lot, of, a lot of toughness, a lot of grit, and uh, I think he'll come up with a couple of uh, 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 interceptions or at least one interception tomorrow. Um, he, he's, 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 he's impressing me these days. It's good to see him starting to improve. So I think he's going to be a winner, man. It's good to see him playing better.
0: I like it. I like it, Bernard. Good call. Good call. And, yeah, you know, with, with Thayer Mufford, I mean, he's actually been – he actually got a start. But what happens is they when they have him on the jumbo package, he has to go out. When they make him eligible – uh, as an eligible receiver, he has to go out for one play. He can't go from being the eligible receiver to, you know, going back to uh, going back to just being the tackle position. So I think you're right. I think that Thayer Mumford continues to earn more and more time at that spot. and I think he's going to keep doing that, but they also use him in that jumbo package. And so you know, they've got to kind of flip-flop a, a few times with him and, Th- and, uh, and and Jermaine Illuminor out there at the same time. Trayvon Merrick, I'm glad to see him coming around because I think everyone, including myself, was starting to think that maybe it just wasn't wasn't meant for him. But you know, he's starting to make some plays. He's starting to fly around a little bit more, like you're saying, and and that, that's a good thing. Finally, when you said uh, drop ball, I for, I had completely forgot about that DeAndre Carter drop. That was, uh, that was bad. That was all bad last week against the Patriots because that was a walk-in touchdown. All he had to do was catch the ball, but he did what a lot of guys do, especially when they don't have as many opportunities as others, is they start to run before they catch the ball, and he put it on the ground. That's no doubt about it, a touchdown and he wasn't able to secure it because he put the ball on the ground. That's a big, huge mistake in the red zone. I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, Gangster Raider and Dino from Toronto will get you on the other side, and plus we'll get Nick Shook from NFL.com, all in hour number three at Red Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.